We're here. It's happening. We're live. There's no technical issues. Nobody's yes. internet's going out. We're yes. all we're all here. Shut yes. up. Shut up, Nate. I hear you back there. We're here for Knights of Evening Star. It's gonna happen. I'm your Dungeon Master, Mark Sherlock Humes. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Knights of Evening Star, our epic kind of Cormirian kingdom management, nobles and knights and wizards and all of that kind of good stuff campaign. I'm joined by my wonderful players, as always. We have, I'm going to go, I'm going to go in a strange order. So we're going to go start with <laughs> Mr. Nate Sharp, uh, Jonathan Indovino, aka Shady Penguin, Mika Button, and Anna Prosser as well. Thank you very much for joining me this week, my friends. Uh, we're all here. We're all here. We can all play some some D&D. Hopefully Twitch doesn't die. Hopefully all of our internet stays live. And we're going to play some Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, sorry for the technical difficulties the last few weeks, guys. We just want to let you know that we tried real hard. So yeah. hard. We are taking this so seriously. We've had a run of impossible barriers, but today it has we been are here. So cursed. It's just been like <laughs> such bizarre problems that have come out of nowhere. Things like Twitch going down or me getting a literal last minute. We're going to be cutting your internet off uh, exactly when you're going to be streaming. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> just the absolute worst curse but but from here it's broken from yeah. here for now it's smooth sailing <laughs> we contacted a minor demigod and made a pact yes and uh we're gonna I make sure so, that they uphold that i so yeah. forgot how to do this that when you called my name just now for the intro my brain was like you're supposed to do something what do you do i'm like <laughs> i i don't know it's like, things, like you go back you go back to like school days where you're like present like here, <laughs> here. You know, uh, mm. yeah, uh, but we're all here. We're gonna play some D and D. I wrote down what I wanted to do before we stopped, so I know exactly oh. what I wanted to do. Very good. Oh, it yeah, was a bit it was of a cliffhanger, one of those, like cliffhanger mm -hmm. moments. What was it? I remember. Uh, well, <laughs> never you fear, Anna, because I do have a full uh, recap Thank you. for you. Uh, I was just trying to think, like, do we want to do like a quick overview of who everyone's playing? I can't remember the last time we did that. It has been a couple of weeks. Let's just do a real quick, like a real quick, everybody go through who you're playing. Like a quick character, like I'm playing Azara, she's a sorcerer, blah, 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 kind of thing. Just do a quick one. Did you want me to start? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, Mika, I play Azara. She is a sorcerer and cleric uh, of the Tempest and Blue Dragon variety, and she's a she. She does magic. Pew pew. Pretty much. Up? Bang yeah. on. Yeah. Bang on. Uh, official war wizard. Official of, war of, wizard of magic yeah. and pew pews. Yeah. Done. Done. Shady. Hi, my name is Tarkle Crown Silver, or that's who I play anyway. Ha, tricked you. I'm a rogue and a warlock. Uh, what else? I came from the peasants, and now I'm a noble, and I'm so happy about it all the time. Tarkle's very happy about it. Uh, he uh, has a twin sister who is probably going to talk right as soon as my lips stop moving. Ha! Ha! That special good. twin thing. Yeah, it's that it. connection. Wait, we're not twins. We're just You're siblings. siblings. You're yeah. twins. Yeah, just just brother and sister. Did I say no. twin? You like, said twins. We're yeah. half, <laughs> I was going to call you on it. Yeah, yeah you're probably twins. Yeah. I listen, yeah. I'm playing a game right now, and I just found out about twins, and my brain is just. Sorry, my sister can talk now. <laughs> I play Agnes Crownsilver, a circle of wildfire druid who is also a wood elf, and she was born noble, so she takes it for granted, thinks it's super lame, and tries to be more 
like a common person in contrast to her brother. And the newest member of our party is... Me, Clive of the Wild Mane, wild magic barbarian lion man. He goes, he, he gets angry and then random stuff happens. But it's not even like normal Angie. It's like happy Angie. Yeah. He's like the happiest, angiest mm -hmm. barbarian. He loves being Angie, which oh, we yeah. love. Oh yeah, it's it's fun. It's a good and, time. And uh, he's very much the kind of uh, happy-go-lucky element uh, to this party of three uh, tragic, dramatic elves that we have going on in the party. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much where we bring. Where this is all being the campaign is set in the nation of Cormir. If you're familiar with the Forgotten Realms, it's kind of an often uh, not really used uh, kind of continent or not continent kingdom, I guess, um, that has like a cool history of Arthurian knights and magic and dragons and stuff like that. But right now, the party are not in Cormir. In fact, they're not even on the material plane. The nobles of Evening Star are in search of a rare materials to complete a magical device called the Dark Light. After speaking with the trapped soul of Lady Cecilia Braywinter, the mysteries of the shadowy castle and its Shadowfell influences are revealed, and the Dark Light will prove to be a powerful weapon in undoing the doom that has been cast over Castle Braywinter in northern Cormir. Searching through the castle for a rift into the shadow fell, the party found a mysterious black sword. And Clive, not able to resist its call, touched it, throwing the party into an ambush as the sword came alive as a living spell that nearly beheaded Azara completely. After fighting off a giant skeleton in some sort of catacombs beneath the castle, the party managed to defeat it, recover the magical blade that was underneath the living spell, and find themselves a portal into the shadow fell here agnes followed the sound of rushing water where the party found a strange plunge pool almost like a waterfall that they would find in the material plane but this one seemed to be composed of pure darkness here they must submerge the dark light for at least a minute but as clive and tarkal do so they find their minds assaulted by visions and clive is dragged down into the inky depths and that is where we begin. Miki, you have your hand up like a good uh, member of the class. Uh, what <laughs> would you like to tell us and present before us? I would like to propose a plan to fix this. So that DM. sounds wonderful. Cool. And I'm going to give you every opportunity to enact this plan. Okay. After we roll initiative, which we're ah! going to do right now. Okay. <laughs> initiative? Because, yes, because... You watch uh, and Agnes and, and Azara, who had been watching this from the sidelines, you see Clive yanked down into this just pit of black, this this matte Vanta black pit, uh, almost looking like he's pulled into a pool of water. Tarkal is there, clearly struggling against something. Something has got a grip of Tarkal, but he has resisted being pulled in so far. Um, and that is where we're going to kick off because initiative is going to matter because things are going to happen. Yes, Nate. <laughs> I would like to point out that yes. I have advantage on initiative. Yep. And my initiative is one. <laughs> and what, what about your advantage roll there, Nate? What did you get on the second roll? My initiative <laughs> is one. <laughs> Well, that answers oh my, my that answers that. So we I have Clive have never, on initiative one. I've never double nat one in my life. 
Well, there's a so, first time for everything, and this seems like a I'm great time. Into an inking pool of depressing abyss. Wee! Remember yeah, when we basically. made that demigod pact to get good luck? <laughs> this for was the, the price. To work? Nate's yeah. luck. Yeah. yeah. Nate's Sorry was the best that. luck, so we had to. So sell we had that to sell one. it. I forgot Sorry. to tell you about that, Nate. I don't think Nate's was the best luck. I'm gonna be quite honest. <laughs> the way this campaign's gone so far. But um, has but he still. died? No. Best luck. No. Well. We have Clive's initiative of one, Agnes initiative. Five. Tarkle initiative. I also rolled a one, which is funny because that gives me an initiative of five. So I <laughs> I got to meet both my friends on the initiative plane. Fantastic. Wow. Azara. 17. 17. <laughs> I think okay. I'll go first. I think I'm gonna go first here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I will set the scene and then we'll jump into the initiative order. So the Around you, you have these tall gray, everything is this monochrome gray, black. There is almost no color. In fact, you see zero color apart from yourselves in the immediate area. You have these jagged knife-like mountains that seem to surround you in the sort of uh, backdrop on the horizon. Some of them are carved to look like skulls. Other ones appear to have these imposing uh, cliffside castles carved into them. You do see some scatterings of dead-looking forests and trees scattered around, but no, no foliage or leaves. But immediately in front of you, you are in, uh, kind of in this secluded plunge pool like in at the sort of end of a valley where you have this giant statue carved into the mountainside that appears to be holding a giant urn uh, on its uh, on its shoulder and from the urn is gushing what to you looks like black liquid it just looks like this pure black liquid that is plunging down as a waterfall into this large pool uh, there is a shore around the pool uh, of this kind of very finely ground white substance uh looks like chips of stone maybe uh but it's all white um and then you have the valley kind of walls surrounded behind you and then that leads into a river that then seems to uh funnel out of this little area as well uh we have azara and agnes quite far back on the shore uh watching from about 30 feet away uh, as their friends had stepped up to uh, dunk the lantern in uh where we have tarkle and Clive, that's just a little setup for those of you who are listening and to kind of refresh us as well, where everyone stands. Uh, the first thing to act is none of you, in fact. Watching as Clive is pulled down and you can see Tarkle is kind of stood there almost on his hands and knees, like some great weight pulling Tarkle down towards the water. Other shapes begin to emerge from the pool. Of course they do. Of course they do. You begin to see... <laughs> this kind of tall, muscular, lion-like form made completely all pure black, like, like a shadow, but this one almost drips like it's made of liquid, like some drowned corpse has arisen from the pool itself as it begins pulling itself up. Tarkle, next to you, two more figures begin pulling themselves up as well. One, a tall, elven woman of athletic build and long hair with a very striking familial resemblance as well as a human man, a gruff-looking woodsman, uh, all covered in sort of woodsman's garb. And these two figures kind of pull themselves up out of uh, the water. One of them, uh, the mother, reaches down Tarkle and is going to basically go to grab you around the neck as if choking you. Um, and that is going to be a 19 to hit. That hits. 
So these you feel these kind of cold, not wet. There's no uh, moisture to them, but they are cold, like cold water as they kind of grip you around the throat. And you see this mournful, sorrowful face that bears an uncanny resemblance to your mother kind of leaning down towards you. Uh, as this one grabs Tarkle, the man steps forward, uh, moving past him and is actually going to drift towards Agnes and Azara, as does the replica of Clive. You see this kind of shadowy version of Clive has manifested out of the pool as well. These two creatures basically step up and are, are looking to get in your way, Agnes and Azara. They're kind of almost like blocking you from reaching the pool. All of them speak in this kind of hushed reverberative whispering voice a kind of give in join us you're not good enough you're not strong enough you're weak you'll never survive and these haunting voices echo through the air as they approach you uh however uh that is all you don't take any damage tarkle but this creature is has got you by the throat and you are currently grappled by it it's okay. not letting you move um uh, azara yeah um clive is in the water correct you do not see clive so when he got dragged beneath the surface because yeah. it is just like pure black right he's just vanished you, you don't see like him thrashing around or anything like that but right. he did go you saw him go down so i'm going to summon my water spirit um, on top of the pool because I can summon it 90 feet away from me. So I'm okay. going to summon it like pretty much like right in front of where I saw Clive go down so I don't have to deal with the bad boys in front of me. And mm-hmm. uh, that is my turn. And then it goes after me and I've told it to save Clive. I've told okay, it to pull so Clive out. When the spirit touches the, the what you think is like a, a black water... Uh-huh. It's not water. The The darkness almost parts like uh, like a shadow being like like a like a light being drawn closer to a shadow. It kind of moves out of the way okay. and the water spirit is almost just falls um, into oh. space uh, and you just. Shiza. OK. It's not water. It's not. It is not water. No, this this appears to be like magical sentient darkness is the best way i could describe it uh that so that there is no water for the spirit to, to kind of merge and swim through or anything like that um, cool 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 uh anything else azara y- no i can't i can't do anything that's okay. great love that for me okay. yeah that's it 30 me it is you okay yep um it's 17 five, five, one. Yeah, right. <laughs> um for your guys initiative uh i guess let me go ahead and can i so my I, i'm being grappled right now around my neck mm-hmm. yeah uh, can i just grab my kiss of silver and try to just like slice i want to slice her yeah sure make it a sacral for me okay uh d20 plus eight uh, that is an 18 to hit. I mean, it, the the knife strikes like the kiss of silver and you. there's a moment where you look and at her belt, you see the same dagger that your your mother, this kind of, you know, shadowy duplicate or whatever it is, is yeah. still has it on her, almost like conjured from a memory, maybe. Like the last memory you had of her in this kind of 
horrific sequence of of hate and and anger and and uh, being kind of driven in her direction the knife passes through her like she's not there just kind of rips through the darkness um that's only that's that's one attack but yeah unfortunately no damage the, the the creature doesn't seem to have enough form but you the grip feels real like it feels like she's really holding you but the dagger passes through it like it's like it's nothing that's uh, a magic dagger right it yeah. is yeah it is a magic dagger um uh, i you think see then... her look into your eyes i know your hate you hate me and i hate you Um, so if I, if Tarkal had tried to slice and dice, I can't try to attempt to now, it would be an action to try to free myself. It's, of her it's an action to try and break free. Yeah. But you, I mean, you've still, if you want to try and speak to them, if you've got a bonus action, you want to try, cause you can like dash and disengage as a bonus action. Yeah. So if you want to just try and see if you can pull away or, or something like that, by all means, I think I'll, I'll look back to her and because Tarkal, you said he kind of he held on to the fact that where he is is where he is mm -hmm. as far as like he didn't give in to the to the visions and the and the and the thoughts and the emotions yeah you you passed your save you kind of managed to realize that this was probably some sort of trick or something yeah. was going on and yeah you held on to some of the more positive emotions okay. um that you had but this is still you know it's still tarkle's mind like you're free to think and and do what okay. whatever you wish basically i think then tarkle would just look back and i know you're not real and i'm going to try to i'm going to try to dash away if i can sure uh, when you say that I know you're not real, make a, uh, I think this would be a wisdom saving throw for me. Okay. That's luckily my best saving throw with a minus one. Oh, and I rolled my dice. It landed in my dice tray and I rolled a one. So that's a zero. <laughs> that's a zero. So you try and pull away. You try and like dash away from it. And even though you, you say that, you know, it's not real. There's a part of you that can't let go of this kind of frightening image and like these cold, dead like hands kind of wrapped around you and yeah just you you can't there's something there that's like struggling to break like almost like you get the sensation this creature wants to hear you say something it, it wants it wants something from you or not even a creature this is some sort of presence this pool has conjured um okay uh agnes if i'm remembering correctly i did have my fire spirit summoned is that correct sure let's say yes because it's been two weeks and okay. i'm just like let's go for it all right i think this would be your second use of it because i know you it counts of uh your wild wild shapes doesn't it every time you summon it well that's what i'm asking is do i need to summon it or have i summoned it no I but think... let's assume that this is because i think you summoned it once in castle Brew. i don't think you've had a rest since you summoned it in the fight um you had before no because we rested in that like library you that was in the alchemy lab, but then you had the fight against the blade and the giant skeleton, and I'm pretty sure right. you had and your fire spirit out there. Right, and that's where I had it summoned. Then. Yes. Yes. Oh, it oh. would it would have gone after that. It, it absolutely because gotcha. it was like an okay. hour of traveling after that. So uh, it, okay, okay. So I, I thought you meant that you had again. it summoned as you arrived at the pool. You summoned a second one. That's what no. I thought you meant. I'll okay. use my action to summon Candor then. Okay. And then I will ask Candor to dive into the miry liquid and try to find clive in order to fiery transport what's the out. range of fiery transport because you are currently about 30 feet away from the shore where clive went in uh between you there are these two kind of shadowy figures um 
Well, so it just has to be candor. So candor can go 30 feet and be within five feet of where I think Clive was. Right, so, but he has to be within five feet of where Clive is to fiery yeah. teleport him either way. Uh -huh. That's what I kind of meant. Okay, so yeah. you send the fiery spirit to where you saw Clive go down and you're kind of, you know, you, you, you try and command Candor to teleport him away. Either Candor can't because he's not in range or he can't find him or something like that. Candor's kind of like hovering over the, the surface of the, the stuff because that was the 30 feet of movement that mm -hmm. Candor could make it. Um, but yeah, it's kind of hovering over the pool. Doesn't seem to be able to summon Clive immediately. Okay. Anything else on your turn you would like to No, say? that's all I can do. Okay. In that case, we come to Clive of the Wild Main. Clive, at the start of your turn, there's a couple of things I need you to do for me. Um, first things first, whilst you are in this pool, you the, the, the sensation around you is your mind is being bombarded with sort of like visions and strange thoughts, but you feel this pressure building in your head. Um, you cannot see anything. You count as being... Uh, you're also you can't hear anything your count is being deafened and i need you to make a wisdom saving throw for me please all right good minus one so um that's a total of zero <laughs> you what guys are on i don't fire. know i just triple one I don't. I don't know. It happens. It happens sometimes. Put those no, in dice jail. I thought no. we were joking about the deal with the demigod, no, but I think that we actually did that. Absolutely yeah. happened. Yeah, absolutely. This has always been my good one. Chris Perkins <laughs> has taken it all away. He's he's sucked oh. away all of your dice luck. That's what's oh. happened. So cool. one first things yeah. first, Clive. At the start of your turn, then you will take ten psychic damage. Um. Mm -hmm. And you are currently restrained, so you can feel that something, this heavy weight, you've got the lantern in one hand, which feels incredibly heavy. But there is also this kind of pressure, like this uh, something invisible is trying to hold you close. And you you feel yourself almost falling. Or It's not like being in water. It's almost like slowly drifting down through the air um, in this inky blackness that surrounds you. But you can still move. Like you feel like you can almost like pull and and swim or or move or walk. You're not quite sure what it is, but you 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 should be able to move if it wasn't for this thing holding you. Neat. What would you like to do? What would I like to do? I mean, I'd like to not be here, DM. Okay. Uh, <laughs> how would you like to make that happen? What actions will you take as player character to make that the reality? So does this feel like, I know it's not really water, but it's like, is, is it water-like? There is, there's, there's some sort of, there's something here, yeah. It's water-like, but it's not water. You are not wet, nor are you suffocating. You can breathe normally, but it's the same sensation as being dragged underwater. It's very odd. It's very strange. Um, you can use an action to try and break free of the restrained effect as, uh, if you like. You also have your bonus action. Uh, whilst you're restrained, your speed is mo is zero. You can't move. Am I able to rage while restrained? You are, yes. You absolutely can. Yeah, we're going to do that and just see what happens. So you kind of feel uh, this rage boiling up inside you and you do, for the first time, the first thing you can see, because it's just been pitch black the whole rest of the time, you can't hear anything, you can't see anything, you begin to see that faint kind of prismatic 
aura that comes off you when you do your wild magic rage that's the first thing you see it almost highlights your own body in this in, in this inky blackness um so now whenever a creature hits me with an attack roll before my rage ends that creature takes 1d6 force damage okay uh you also get the benefits of raging normally which is you have advantage on strength checks and all your extra damage and stuff um that would count for breaking free of a grapple so you would have advantage to try and break free of this restrained effect I want to do that. Okay, go for it. So this is, is just a, a straight-up athletics check. I like that one. Okay, okay. Not a one this time. Nope. Okay. 27. 27. I mean, you can feel that the pressure that's holding you under this place, it, 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 it's not just physical strength. It's, it's, it's like the weight of time. It's, it's like the weight of your regrets and your fears be your Clive of the Wild Mane. What regrets and fears? And you kind of just, and the color kind of around you kind of helps you break free of this kind of force that's holding you down. Um, you can sense that there is some distance between you and the surface. Uh, what do you want to try and like move up to it? Do you try and swim? Like, how would you try and breach the surface of this, this place? Uh, I would, well, I'm out of actions and bonus actions. So I guess I'll try to swim if you kind of just try and like these giant lining leonine paws you try and just part the darkness willing yourself upwards and you get the sense that you've moved you're not sure how far you're not sure you know where the surface is like you, you don't know how far down you've gone but you do move um you just don't know what that means <laughs> in in the strange black world that you find yourself in um cool fun, at the fun. top yeah. At the top of the round, uh, the creature holding you, Tarkal, uh, this shadowy mother form thing that is holding you, again, doesn't doesn't harm you in any way, but is pinning you to the ground. And you can just feel this deep resentment and this kind of hate flowing off of it. And it, it, you, it's you're beginning to feel it kind of trying to overwhelm your, you know, you and your own emotions. Uh, Azara and Agnes, the two figures that had been previously blocking your way, this kind of shadowy Clive, and then this human man, which neither of you recognize, um, pushes forward again. And they, uh, this time, come for both of you. And they're going to try and grab you guys and restrain you guys as well. Uh, so against Azara, that is going to be a 23. Yeah, that hits. And then against Agnes, that is going to be an 18. She's gone. <laughs> I think that hits. I think that hits. I'm pretty sure that hits. Uh, so again, these things, they don't harm you, but they grab you. Uh, Azara, mm -hmm. you're probably grabbed by the Clive uh, that kind of like grabs you with this great kind of like giant paws. Um, and you hear a kind of me a, a warped version of Clive's voice. You'll let me down. You're going to let me die here just like you've let everyone else down. Uh, Azara is not affected by this. She's seen a fair amount of spooky magic in her time. Um, uh, and it's your turn. So. Yeah, and is just kind of annoyed. I'm going to... So you are grappled. I'm so grappled. your speed is zero. Cool. Um, you can attempt to break free with an action, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can still cast spells. You can still attack. Just your speed is currently zero while you're grappled. Dope. And you have I'm some gonna disadvantages. quicken my spell real quick. Um, so I can use my bonus action to cast Word of Radiance at the Clive in front of me. 
Okay. You don't need to roll damage. As soon as the radiant energy hits mm -hmm. this shadowy form, mm -hmm. it just bursts away. It just dissipates into nothing. It just <laughs> evaporates in front of you. Um, for bonus style points, uh, I imagine that it's just a very deadpan stop from Azara because she's <laughs> just not feeling it. Yep. Um, and then second verse, same as the first, we're going to try and summon an air spirit this time. One that okay. just flies. Um, and I'm going to send that air spirit. I'm assuming my water spirit, its HP went to zero and it drowned. You have no, yeah, it, it yeah, vanished, it just, like it, it vanished. unsummoned, but it you don't know what happened to it. Yeah. Okay. Can From my arcane existence would i know that that's because it's not water or it's because magic dissipates in the darkness i would say make an arcana check for me let's see let's see that. if you can figure this out because this is kind of new to azara you've studied right. a little bit about the planes but that this is some weird shadow fell nonsense 30 20 30 20 i would say that i mean this is planar stuff is pretty difficult but you mm -hmm. can make your best educated guess that the pool it isn't just physical space oh, okay. watching these things kind of emerge and clive's disappearance there's no way the pool can be that deep like geographically right so there must be some element of men like some sort of mental entrapment or some sort of illusion mm -hmm. or some sort of uh, you know other dimensional kind of affair going on here um so the the water elemental when it went down it because it wasn't really a sentient creature the pool just kind of broke it apart and you think if you summon the air spirit it's probably going to do the same thing like the clive needs somebody with a sentience to to help him basically Gotcha. Knowing that, then I'm going to uh, first level guiding bolt uh, Tarkle's mom. Okay, just give me the attack roll for the guiding bolt because it is a ranged attack spell, not, an, cool, cool, uh, not cool. a dodge one. Uh, <laughs> Nat 20. Okay. Tarkle, you're kind of shot up. <laughs> you feel this thing on top of you pressing down on you, and then suddenly you see a flash of light. Uh, that matches Azara's spells, and in a flash, the shadowy form of, of your mother is dissipated and vanishes before your eyes, uh, freeing you completely. And yeah, Azara, you just, it, the, the, as soon as the radiant energy hits it, it just burns it away. For on a nat 20, can it also burn the one next to it? Uh, there is not one next to it. The other one's next to Agnes. Ah, shit. So uh, close. Uh, then that's my turn. Okay. Uh, Tarkle. You feel yourself freed from whatever presence was gripping you. Okay, so I was, and I was prone. You said she knocked me down. Yeah, I'd say there. that she was kind of like you, like she grappled you and then she dragged you down to the floor, like pushed you down onto the floor. But you are now unburdened. Okay, so then I guess the, I'll use the, my half movement the, to stand up. And okay. how far? And I'm pretty close to the well. Right? You were on the shore. You you were next to Clive when you got dragged under. You don't even need yeah. to move there. You're already there. So okay, I want to look in and see if I what I see. Do I see anything besides darkness? Okay, so when you look down, you feel that same sensation, this kind of overwhelming sense of your own memories, your own fears, your own regrets, all trying to well up in your mind. Make a wisdom saving throw for me, please. Hmm. Need something. No, that oh, that's 
two times the amount I rolled last time, which was a one. So this is a two a minus one, which one is a one. Is a one. Yeah. Uh, so as you look down, Tarkal, uh, you do see something in, in a brief moment uh, before your senses are assailed. You do see this kind of shimmering multicolored shape uh, seems to be coming up towards you. But then as you look down, you feel this almost weight around your neck yank you forward and Tarkal tumbles into the pit uh, <sighs> and is grabbed and pulled under as well. Do I see um, Clive at all during this? Like, am I going down and he go? Am, yeah. I, am I going down so the escalator? As, or he's going as up the you're escalator? being pulled down, you do see something coming up. But then, as soon as you're pulled in, your vision becomes completely black. You can no longer hear anything. You're blinded and deafened and pulled under by some uh, malevolent force. Uh, and that oh. is going to be the end of your turn, uh, I'm afraid, uh, as this drags you under. You feel yourself become restrained. Um, in fact, actually, I would say. No, you've used your movement, but you still have an action. So you feel like something try and grab you. You can try and break free of this thing. Yeah. Technically, you still have an action left. Tonight. So yeah, sure, sure, would, sure. Like so uh, athletics or acrobatics. I'll go I'm acrobatics. Also, I'm I'm desperately trying to figure out whether fiery teleportation could be used as a reaction because candor is right there. Can 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 it normally be used as a reaction? I don't know. Teleport? That's what I'm trying to find out. Okay, have a look, My and then we can always retcon this. 17. Acrobatics, rather. Acrobatics. You do manage to just about kind of writhe out of whatever force was gonna was pulling you down. You don't think you're gonna get sucked any deeper into this blackness. Um, you're not being restrained, basically. But your movement, sadly, has already been used where you got pulled in and you had to stand up and stuff like that. So okay. So yeah, I don't I don't have access to my bonus action, right? Oh, you'd still have your bonus section. Yeah, I keep forgetting you're a rogue. So yeah, you can so dash, can, I dash, right? can I try to dash north? Yeah, so you get pulled under and then immediately you kind of spin and twist and turn and you feel this kind of weight of pressure pulling you off and then, uh, being, you know, kind of being pulled off you. Um, and then you see this multicolored shape almost rising weird. He should be underneath you, but you almost see Clive beside you and your own kind of sense, you kind of reach out, grab on and will yourself up and the two of you are going to come up on Clive's turn, I would say. Like, on your turn, you're kind of moving up with your own sense of self, but that's going to happen on uh, Clive's turn, I think, um, okay, as cool. you will yourself upwards. Uh, Agnes, did you find out on Fiery Teleport? What does it say? Well, it shares my initiative count, takes its turn um, directly after mine. The only action it takes on its turn is dodge unless you take a bonus action on your turn to command it to take one of the actions in its stat block. So I guess right. actions in its stat block. So yeah, so you have to use a bonus action on your turn to get it to do the thing. So it's not a reaction, unfortunately. Right. Um, All right. You can do it on your turn, which is now. Well, since that just happened, maybe I'll have better luck trying to transport Tarkal. Sure. Um. So I'm just gonna run. I'm not gonna. I've seen what happens if you look over the edge. So I'm not gonna do that. But I'm going to run closer mm -hmm. and I'm going to cast Fairy Fire where... One thing, while you were away, I forgot you you ran, you grabbed Nitsky. Um, this shadowy man, this human man that you've never seen before, did grapple you. So you're currently, you've, oh. you've currently been grappled about 30 feet away. Um, it's an action to try and break free of that, but you still have all your actions and bonus actions. You can still command candor and stuff like that, even when being grappled. It's just your speed is zero. That okay, happened I'm gonna... while you were away and I forgot to remind you. <laughs> That's okay. I'm I'm going feral fire cat on this dude, so I'm gonna primal savagery. 
Okay, sure. That's not radiant damage, right? That's poison damage? Yeah. So very similar to when Tarkle used Kiss of Silver, your swipes, they go through the thing, but it doesn't seem to have any effect on it. It just seems to still be grabbing onto you um, and just whispering kind of madness and, 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 you know, speaking of things that you don't really know or understand, um, haunting you with things like, you are going to betray my son. You're the worst thing that has ever happened to him. He should not be near you. Things like that. Well, I don't have any radiant damage, so... She just... Yeah, yeah, this thing. You can still try and break free of, like, you can feel that there's arms and things to try and break free from, but the, the, the attack seems to have no effect against it. Well, I already used my action, so... You still have bonus action. Do you want to try and you command Kanda? Uh, I'm going to try... Kander's going to try to get Tarkal out. Okay, sure. So Kander's, you know, saw where Tarkal went in and is just going to kind of, like, try to be as close to Tarkal as possible and fiery teleportation him out. Make a roll a d20 and add your wisdom modifier for me. I just want to see if you have enough kind of strength to overpower this effect, basically. Dude, what is wrong with our dice rolls today? Oh, no. It's a total of nine. DC was 10. So you uh. feel that this shadow is so close. This this shadowy place, um, and you see the blue fiery spirit, because he's been blue. Kanda's been this blue flame ever since. Something is is inhibiting Kanda, and, and like he wants to rescue Taku. You get the sense that he could, but something is preventing him, and you, you can't send enough strength to Kanda to quite manage it. Um, but you, you know, you feel that that momentary he could do it but he needs more will of from you basically to accomplish this um anything else agnes i scream with angry rage i love it as opposed to any other kind of rage sure uh clive uh i need you to make a wisdom saving throw for me please uh and then you are not restrained so you will have your full turn so that's higher than a one <laughs> Is it a two? by how many uh, so that totals to uh, three. Oh my god. What's happening? Uh, That's going to be mean, 17 I've... psychic damage uh, as you feel like this pressure, this almost like white noise building in your mind, but you are not restrained and you feel you feel like a human contact. You feel like somebody's hand grab your arm uh, almost. like you can, You feel like a familiar grip on your arm. What would you like to do? I want to. Uh, uh, how how aware am I that this is like mental heckery, and or is it like? I, I would it? say that Clive probably wouldn't know. Clive is like, I am in a big black pit of not wet water. I don't know. How smart is Clive? Do you do you think he would know <laughs> this kind of stuff, or is he just like I don't know? Uh, well intelligence and wisdom bonuses are zero and minus one respectively so i think that you know no. as much as clive knows probably as much as uh nate you know yeah is what he knows cool and uh, then i'm then my instinct is to grab whoever it is that has a hand on me and just like freaking toss them over my shoulder and slam them into there's no ground but that's what i would try but you would try and like defend yourself sure um yep. how about you and tarkle both make opposed uh well make a if you make an acrobatics tarkle and clive make an athletics check 
Okay. Okay. Technically, Clive has advantage because he's raging. Yeah, I'm not rolling today. Uh, this is well. This is battle of the bad rolls. So let's see. I rolled a three, which is a seven. Uh, I rolled a six, which is a fourteen. So Tarkle, you feel something grab you in this in this in this darkness, and you're kind of trying to pull away, and then you feel it kind of throw you through. You're not in water, you're not in air, you're not falling, but there's no substance. Um, but you feel it kind of throw you nearby. And I think that there's a moment where you see the kind of multicolored aura that is around Clive. Um, but you don't see Clive himself. You just see this multicolored light where Clive should be. Um, Clive, you see nothing. You just grab something and throw it, but you don't hit ground. You just kind of swing it around you um, to, yeah, into nothing. Cool. Then for my bonus action, I'm going to Daunting Roar at whatever creatures are around me. Interesting. What's the effect on that? So how does that work? Uh, DC 16, Wisdom Save, or Become Frightened until the end of my next turn. Oh, if you can please make that save for me, Tarkle, please. Yep. It was Wisdom. Wisdom. DC Again. 16. Oh. I rolled a four. I rolled a four. It's three. I got a three. Okay. Chat, hey. will, will you please band Pray. together and do a cleansing ritual? Spirit cleanse, bomb. cleanse send, our dice. Send your energy to, to pull. Say to pull your shady. sorceries. I think the stream's going down. Oh no, guys, can't you look at my camera? <laughs> <laughs> like oh, everyone no, starts like shaking around, like oh no. Um, this and to you, Tarkle, it sounds like this otherworldly roaring beast just seems to echo all around you um and yeah you feel it kind of hit your core and something sends a, a frightening chill down your spine um yeah, yeah. i'm afraid i'm terrified honestly you are, IRL you are frightened yeah. yeah uh do you want to keep trying to move clive or are you just trying to fight off this thing that's grabbed you Oh, to Clive. That's okay. I, I miss, um I mean, so I I threw and nothing happened. Like there wasn't anything. There wasn't you you grabbed something, but it just didn't hit anything. There was no floor, there's no wall. Like you kind of swung it and it just and then you I mean, roared and it seems to trying to be pulling away from you. Would that would that be my turn or uh you still have your move action left. You've used your action, you've used your bonus action. I'm I'm gonna try and keep like going up. Okay, uh, you for the first time you kind of continue this upward mo motion and tackle. You know you were still grabbing onto to Clive, so the two of you both feel yourselves emerge back on the shore, almost like propelled upwards. Uh, you grab something in your hands and you can see now your vision kind of comes to as you are on the shore of this plunge pool that you were on before. Um, handfuls of what appear to be like chipped pieces of bone instead of sand um, all in your hands but uh, you kind of look around you take a weird intake of breath but yeah you both appear to be back on the shore of uh, this place um, you can see there is this one shadowy figure grabbing Agnes but there doesn't appear to be anything else around you um, and that's it uh, at the start of the turn, uh, the creature holding you, Agnes, can you make a acrobatics or an athletics check for me? Because it's going to try and drag you towards the water. 
I take acrobatics and I get 22. <gasps> Chat, good 22. job. The closing worked. You actually managed you to kind of it. kick and wriggle free uh, of this creature, this man, as he's trying to drag you along uh, kind of uh, towards the, the water's edge. You managed to kind of wriggle free and push it away, separating yourself from it. Uh, that's it. Azara. Uh, I am going to word of radiance this shadowy figure so you step up next to agnes and then just mm -hmm. yep. radiant energy just scatters it into a million pieces um and now that clive and tarkle are no longer underneath the darkness uh there's no threat of you guys taking any psychic damage so we will come out of initiative um, um i'm going to immediately run over to them and see if they're psychically physically harmed or if they're still in any day, and kind of drag them away from the pool a little bit as much as my elven body I, can. <laughs> I think you can maybe kind of help Tarkle, but moving yeah. Clive is probably not going to happen. Right. Then urge them to move away from the edge of the pool as much as I can. Mm. Tarkle runs in the opposite direction of Clive because he's afraid. Yeah. Clive. I believe that Clive can end that effect, but yeah, it's just, uh, uh, yeah, you, you they, I think that once you realize it's Clive, I would imagine the, the fear effect wouldn't have the same thing because you thought it was something else at the time. But there is this moment where you kind of push yourself away from him and stumble back and almost turn to flee, uh, before realizing what's happening. And then, yeah, seeing, uh, uh Clive is like bleeding from the ears from psychic damage. Mm -hmm. Uh, then. I will I will second level cure wounds seeing that you're you're bleeding from the ears <laughs> which will be 4 plus 3 plus 2 plus 1 4 plus 3 10 8 8 that's 8 8 8 hit points 4 plus 3 plus 1, one plus Oh I thought you said 2 okay cool. I I was looking at the wrong one my bad all right. So you kind of feel like a, the, the ringing begins to dive down, Clive. Um, the pain in your head subsides a little bit, but there's still, you know, there's still this kind of... Uh, there's still these the lingering e memories. Yeah. There's still the e Yeah, just like that little tone still in the back of your mind and still a little bit of a pain in the back of your head. And yeah, just these horrible memories of some of the you know, weird things it was trying to show you down there and in, invasive thoughts that were kind of trying to come into your mind and things like that same with taco you managed to resist a lot of it but there was still there's still the memories of those things so i think do i have um, the lantern you do still have the lantern yes Does and when look you look at it kill? clive yeah when you look at it before it had these like deep onyx gemstones around the edges and it was made from this kind of you know silvery metal um there's still a space in the middle where a candle would normally go that seems to be untouched but the whole thing now has this very deep black sheen to all the metal. The the opals seem to almost be pure darkness. Uh, and the whole thing just seems to have this, um, yeah, just more of a, a deep shadowy nature to it. Uh, the glass around the edges all seems to be somewhat tinted to a kind of darker black. Um, definitely seems to have had some sort of metamorphosis whilst it was submerged with you. Uh, Azara, seeing this, is going to take one of the, the greater healing potions out of her bag and hand it to Clive and say, mm -hmm. uh, thank you for sacrificing yourself for the cause. Um, you hang on to this. Hopefully you won't 
needed as we will have a swift and painless exit back to our own realm, but you do look worse for the wear in case you need this here and she'll hand you the greater healing potion. I take it immediately. Just kidding. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's 44 plus four for a greater. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. Where is that? One, two, three, four. Come on. <laughs> one, 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 one. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> okay. I was going to, I was um, waiting to see Nate's face and just to see if it was really bad. <laughs> still, uh, still quite bloodied, but. Yeah. Um, um Whilst you guys are doing this, uh, Tarkle and Agnes. Agnes, you would definitely be the first one to notice, but I think Tarkle would quickly notice as well. You are no longer alone in this kind of area. You can see that maybe half a dozen ravens have gathered on the edges of the pool on the rocks, and they all seem to be watching everything happening intently. Making the occasional. Um, do I do I get a sense that everything here is in our mind, or do I get a sense that maybe these are real ravens? They look real. They sound okay. real. Um, could could be fake. Could be illusions. Okay. This place is a real treat. Um. Can I get a refresher on like what we're needing to do next? Well, uh, the the thing that you had heard from Lady Cecilia was the dark light had to be submerged into pure darkness for one minute. And then we, which we it to, has. We have right? to go back. Clive was to... Clive was down there for about twelve seconds, maybe fifteen. So we need to looks healthiest. We already did. Wait, twelve seconds or fifteen? I thought it was a minute. No, no, we only rounds. He was down there three combat rounds, fifteen seconds. Who is looking? Who's looking best? I'll do it. Well, that what what was What is kind of all cock their heads? I cast speak with animals. Um, and I try to speak to the ravens. You can certainly try. I want if, to say if you say that out loud. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, I do. I say I'm going to speak to the ravens. Um, Agnes, I would possibly advise against it uh, in case these are agents of the Raven Queen. Hmm. They could still give us information. They would not they? give us information. They would not Fine, help I us. Won't. They would not be here to help us. They Fine. would only be here to deliver information back to their queen. Then such pessimism. The Raven I... opens its beak in this feminine voice comes Azara out. will kind of like under her breath be like fuck <laughs> uh and and then say I I meant I meant no I meant no uh ill Your words towards you cleverness will not serve you well here Azara Mithras strange is it a day when mortals come to the realm of shadow the realm of death of misery what great need have you you watch as the ravens all <laughs> but when you look back to the pool just kind of almost like she's bathing in it 
there is a very pale skinned woman with long dark hair and a silver mask and she's playing what appears to be a kind of crescent moon shaped harp um and you can see a big pair of black raven-like wings from her back uh, and she's just sat in this pool that you guys had had this awful experience with and she just appears to be watching all of you hey would you fill this while you're in there since you seem to be having a great time I certainly could. No, please. Uh, maybe. Interesting maybe trinket don't have you brought? Pass that on. Uh, I'm sorry, we got to do this. Is anyone else going to? Because I ain't going back in there. I, I don't want to go back in there either. I don't want to go back in there. Azara, couldn't your mage hand dunk we, it for us? We already tried that. Oh, that's right. It, I it find didn't. you quite interesting, Clive of the Wild Mane. Despite all this. Yet I sense no fear, no regrets, no hate. Yours is a strong light, so rarely seen within these realms, unlike your companions. Well, to be fair, I'm, I'm mostly just watching them. A watcher indeed. I can fill this lantern for you, Clive of the Wild Mane. I can sense that it also misses one other component, something that you will be hard-pressed to find within these realms of bones and shades. The likes of Mirkel and Cyric will not abide such a bright light to exist within this place. But that does not mean that it does not exist. For one cannot have shadows without some light. I lean over to Clive. Is, is she trying to say that we can find a insert thing that we're looking for that has a radiant light on it here? I think she said the opposite. Right. So do I just like go back over there and hand this? Or you want to come get it? I mean, I'm you're bathing. I don't think you're decent, so I don't want. I want to just make sure everyone's comfortable with happening. <laughs> Would you prefer something a bit more primordial? And with that, the woman vanishes and instead becomes almost like this stretched out black smoke that just coalesces, not into a form of any humanoid, almost like a great blanket of night that seems to stretch up from the pool and just stretch over the sky across from where you're standing and almost seems to encapsulate all around you. Right then, so... You know, wherever, wherever uh, I guess a hand-like thing would be, if you know, you just, you know, I can do this, but there is always a matter of transaction, right? What you want, then? That depends. This is less of what I wish, for I am a goddess. Much is my realm, great as it is, but you do carry things interesting things, things relevant to my domains. How strange it is for these mortals to travel here. The war wizard, so full of fear and regret, loss, hate, loneliness. Had you not been caught in the winds of another, you would have made a fine acolyte of mine own. As for the crown silvers, Ah, so much like their namesake. 
One shines bright and beautiful, but behind its glassy surface it is brittle and easily broken. And the other lies in shadow, heart encircled with all manner of dark emotions, but with a hidden strength like the roots of the earth. And yet you four have traveled here at the request of a dead woman, whose soul should have long passed into my realm five hundred years ago. The blackness just seems to linger for a moment before once again becoming the dozens of ravens perched on the rocks. It kind of breaks apart into a flock of these ravens that swoop down and land around you. They speak nothing more. Not yet. Right, so I'm still not quite sure what the, what the terms of the deal are, so I'm just like by the ravens i'll just like put it on the ground be like i'm i'm just gonna leave this here ravens kind of hop around a little bit but they don't immediately take action what about the rest of you while clive is like walking over and gingerly placing this lantern down in front of these birds it's barely Um, gingerly either it's more just like just like plonk (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think tarkle's just kind of stunned by her words and what he's seeing okay Kind of yeah, I mean, this it. is, I'd say that all of you are familiar enough that, yeah, this is very much a goddess, a literal goddess of this realm that you are in. Um, Is this the Raven Queen? Would Azara know this? Yeah. This is, yeah, this uh, yeah, is, the this Raven is 100% Queen. the Raven um, Queen. <laughs> this is 100% the Raven with, Queen. With, with her kind of, not calling Azara out, but, you know, calling it as, as she sees it, Azara will mm-hmm. say, um, you know us, obviously, so well, and as Clive asked, but in, in less straightforward terms, what is it you will have of us in exchange for what we need? You carry the soul of someone who should have passed long ago. Mm. It's my duty to ferry souls, especially those who have such tragedy and regret in their lives. Cecilia Braywinter has long lived past her fated time. Pass her soul to me, and I shall help you with this relic she has sought to build. And I will help you cleanse the darkness that threatens your world. Um, Unfortunately, at this time, even with such darkness filling the lantern. And if we receive radiant light, we still, without Lady Cecilia, cannot complete our task. Is it possible um, to strike a bargain for the returning of her soul once our task is complete? Mm. Bargains are things of devils and pacts, but it has been known that the gods of... Faerun and Torrell and other realms can make them from time to time. Think of it as a duty, then. You shall carry Cecilia's soul until such a time as your task is completed. And then, shall we say, I shall call upon you when I have a task that must be completed to have agents of the mortal realms capable of doing the things that mine own cannot should prove useful 
and you will find my favor, a gracious one to court. Many of you have stepped and treaded near my realms before. A careful eye do I keep on those, especially those who have made dark deals. And the ravens definitely are looking at... Well, you can't tell if it's Agnes, Azara, or Tarkle. They're not looking at Clive when they say that, though. But they turn on the three elves, for sure. Azara looks at Tarkle. Sure. Makes sense. Um, I would humbly be honored and... Azara does mean this without sarcasm. I feel yeah, like is, I need you, to say you're this. You're being sincere. Yes, yeah. this is being sincere. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would I would humbly answer to the Raven Queen when she calls if this bargain can be struck. I do not take this lightly. I know of your power and of your reach. Um, and I know that what we face cannot be done without your help. And possibly what you may face in the future may not be done without our help. You are wise, Azara at Mithras. Even if your own goddess is a dying one, you still know to show the proper respect to one in the, full, in the height of her power. But Adri is not gone forever. What of you, Crown Silver, Agnes, With daughter all... of nobility? With what all due respect, say? I look at Azara. Why can't we do this without her help? By all means, you could. I simply offer an easier choice. Being in debt to someone such as yourself does not sound easy to me. The debt of the Raven Queen is not some devilish pact i am inevitable death is inevitable and i would not seek to turn you into some nefarious agents my enemies are often the enemies of the living those who pervert death or transcend it bypassing it surely those who seek to do good in the world can see that such a favor is not such a bad thing. I turn to Tarkal and I say, having grown up with expectations that I didn't feel good about, I'm wary of promising a favor. And I feel like we haven't given this much of a try, but it's not just up to me. Tarkle's still like very taken aback by seeing all of this. Um, I don't like to be in debt. So I would prefer not to to have her help. Azara will interject at this. And say, if I may, uh, your highnesses, uh, as still in this strange circumstance we are, I am still your advisor, am I not? 
Of course. Yes. Knowing what I know about the Raven Queen and her domain, I do not see this as a risky endeavor. As she has pointed out, we have uh, knowingly or unknowingly dipped some of our toes into darkness that we may not know what we face. And as much as you may detest this, Agnes, having allies or not so much allies, because Azara will kind of bristle at the response that she thinks that the Raven Queen will say to allies, <laughs> having dealt with um, beings mortal or otherwise on either side of the coin works well in our favor as a budding and hopefully growing influential world-changing kingdom. We will have many more dealings with gods and goddesses, I assure you. For gods and goddesses to deal with, the Raven Queen is one who is rightfully just and this makes sense. And I do fear the darknesses that we have tapped into that we do not yet know of. And if possibly being on the right side of her will will aid us in the future, so be it. Agnes just kind of like behind a hand is like, so you don't think we can just like dunk it real quick? Cause like you could just like tie a rope to my leg and I could just like dive in there. Like... Azara will also be like, this is her domain. If she wants us to fail, that could also happen. She doesn't seem to be mean. I know she's not mean. I just saying it's not a risk I want to take. Okay. You're whispering. You're wise. Most <laughs> unnecessary. You are creatures of mortal worlds. You have freedom to choose. You go against my wishes. You go against my domain. You pervert life. We would become enemies. But here and now, your choices are your own. If you do not wish my aid, I give you blessings to continue as you are, to attempt whatever endeavors you seek within my realm. I will not protect you. I will not aid you. I will not interfere. But you claim to not like being in debt. Perhaps you do not even know the debts you already owe. Many of us accumulate debts and weights and burdens that we do not fully understand. Consider this free piece of advice. I, I look at Azara and I say, I trust the judgment of our advisor, but it must be made clear that any debt is between us, ourselves, and you, not our people or our kingdom. Of course. So, I so make we, my deals we... with individuals, not with kingdoms or nations. Leave that to the other gods. Are we okay with going back on our word? And giving up this soul. You no, we didn't have we would... to do that, right? She said we didn't have to do that, right? No, she... no we do have to do that. I don't like that. that. Yeah, I. I do. Not I thought think it was just that we that had to do a favor. I do not think a kingdom that can change the world can be built on the backs of lies, and we gave our word. And I've never thought about 
beating death before and if it's right or wrong, but I gave my word. Then I wish you all the best of luck. I will at least give you this. What you seek, this moat of light that you must acquire, you may find something that will aid you. Travel south from the ruins of whence you came. Search for the camp of the fading light. Perhaps you can assist me with something still. With that, the ravens. Tarkal, like, actively takes a giant sigh. And you can see, like... And his just head is kind of hung. Oh. oh, she was nice. <laughs> she was. Yeah. And you stand on these shores, lantern, heavy in hand, but uh, still there. Uh, not quite um, fully fully formed in whatever change it must take. Azara silently walks over to the lantern, picks it up, and hands it in the direction of Tarkal. Okay. Tarko will take it and look back at Agnes. Agnes is searching around in her bag and she pulls out a hempen rope. Azara is going to place a hand on Agnes's and say this this isn't just about the physical and the strength. This is about mental fortitude. This is about illusion and trickery this is about wisdom and fear and pain we have to risk ourselves in order to get this task done so one of us has to step up and try again well i mean it can't hurt to tie a rope around him can it you can certainly try azara will just that's be what silent. i say to azara azara will just be quiet she's done not being listened to right now sure Okay. That was a genuine question. Agnes doesn't understand why tying a rope around him would inhibit any of those things. Uh, so, Agnes, you're going to take that rope and tie it around uh, Tarko, who's going to step forward? Yes, sure. and also I'm going to cast... What is that spell called? Which one? It's one where I can give like characteristics of animals to people. Enhance uh, ability. Yeah. Um, what would you like to enhance? It's wisdom that we keep dealing with here, right? Does seem to be. So I'm going it's to cast mental fortitude and awareness of one's surroundings, and uh, yeah, I'm going to cast Owl's Wisdom on him. And what that looks like is like a little flame kind of makes the outline of an owl sitting on his shoulder, and then the sparks fly away in the wind. That's cool. nice. Cool. Uh, and that's advantage on any wisdom check, basically, isn't it? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Sotaku, you want to step down and, and uh, try and... Sure, dunk? I'll give it a whirl. Okay. You, How do you approach this? Are you just going to kind of go down to the surface? Are you going to try and look away? Are you going to try and... What's, what's yeah, the plan I, here? I think know, knowing that like the last time I looked down to look for Clyde, that's when I got yeah, a strong vision. I'm going to kind of the, like... Yeah, it was also when you and Clive first went to dunk the lantern down, you looked at the pool 
to like mm. oh we're because you didn't know whereas now you've kind of had that experience of like okay if we look in that's when we get these visions and stuff yeah um so charcoal you make your way down to the shore uh you've got this rope tied around you which agnes i'm guessing is holding while cesara and clive are kind of watching uh you hold it uh, hold the rope so like clive's holding onto the rope as well Um, at a a distance like yeah yeah. (laughs) keeping keeping distance but holding onto the rope with agnes Mm. um and taco you kind of look away and dunk it down so this time not looking at the pool um you don't get that immediate flash in your mind of like oh god like uh, these you know these mental images and illusions and and fears and things like that come to mind instead now it's just this heaviness of this lantern because as you as before the last time you brought it closer and closer to the darkness the heavier it gets until the point where you're kind of having to uh hold it up but this time uh you kind of let it sink into the pool uh, i need you to make a this would be an athletics check okay please 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 give me some luck chat Oh, that's an actual 20. That's an actual 20. Uh, plus okay. three, I'm taking a picture. I'm taking a picture just for myself. I know you don't. I need to <laughs> that's fine. My next question is, what is your constitution modifier? Uh, my con modifier is plus two. Plus two. Okay. So you can, I would say two, say it would be more than two rounds. I'd say, okay. So you managed to hold this, even though it's getting heavier and heavier, you kind of grit your teeth, knowing the horrors of this pool and this place and just wanting to get the job done. You hold it in there for about 20 seconds before you need to make another check. Uh, I need you to make another athletics check and it is getting harder, the heavier and heavier this lantern gets. It's almost like it's trying to pull you down into the water with how heavy it's becoming. Are you implying that I wasted my 20? No, no, that bought okay. you that. That was excellent. That bought you uh, a significant chunk of time. Yeah. Perfectly Uh-oh. balanced, Uh-oh. as all things should be. Oh no! I don't Thanos one. this. Okay. <laughs> My question is: as you feel yourself pulled, like you can't keep the weight, and you've got a choice, Tarkle. You can either let go of the lantern, or let, or kind of like let yourself go from the land and let it pull you down as well, hoping that maybe the rope will keep you in place. What do you want I to think, do? I think I think the rope gives me that that security. security. My sis got my back. Yeah, I'm going down. And then my next question is, uh, do you, like, what do you close your eyes? Are you going to just kind of plunge in full mind or? I think, no, I think Tarkle, I, I, I imagine him closing his eyes and taking a deep breath. Okay. Like not so as breath like... because he thinks he's going underwater, but like, because he's like, crap, I'm going under. Like, yeah, I need to hold stealing on. Stealing himself kind yes. of thing. Okay. So you guys watch as, yeah, Tarkle's body is pulled into the blackness and the rope goes taut. There is resistance there is something like holding on the rope is connected you to him in a physical sense and you and clive have have got strength to hold him in place um first things first i need you to make a wisdom saving throw for me please tackle you can have the advantage from the owl's wisdom um someone pointed out that it's technically wisdom checks but can he still have it i will say he can still have it for this this is a very role play kind of thing I'll say he can have it for this. Okay, my highest was a 16. 16. Uh, Clive, can you make an athletics check but have advantage because Agnes is helping you with the rope? Um, Let 
Okay. Uh, Tarko, you take nine points of psychic damage as even though you've got your eyes closed, you can feel this pressure building in your mind. There are these kind of like haunting images. You see those flashes of the mother strangling you, of your father butchered in the woods. Um, you see Willow Song for a moment and she's kind of kind of ripped away in green flame, kind of just burnt away from you as uh, the forest burns around her and, th- you know, horrible images and it's it's causing this, this you know, pain in your mind. Um, Clive, athletics. Yes. Uh, yes. That is a 23. Uh, cool. Uh, you have advantage, but if you don't need it, oh. you don't need it. Um, Lower. That's fine. Uh, so Agnes and, and, and Clive, you're holding on and you're kind of digging your feet in and you're not letting Tarkle go any further. Are you guys going to try and pull him back or are you going to kind of hold him as he is? I'm assuming you guys would want to pull him back up, right? Well, we know from experience that... Well, yeah, I guess we try to pull him back up. Yeah, he doesn't need to be like in there. Just the he doesn't need to be in there as long as the lantern's in there. It's mm-hmm. just that it's it's got heavy enough that he's been pulled it down in. Okay, uh, so you guys start pulling him up. Uh, yeah, Tarkle, uh, I said you took nine psychic damage already. Yep. Uh, you feel yourself kind of being pulled up, but there is some resistance there, and the lantern's getting heavy. I need you to make another athletics check for me, please. Oh, bother. We already got the balance. Just Okay, 17 plus athletics. Dirty 20. 20 okay so you kind of feel yourself pulled back up partly through your own um sense of wanting to escape and this rope it, it kind of creates this mental connection to your companions that that tethers you to them uh and as they pull you up uh you still have the lantern in the pool but it's getting so heavy now you're gonna hold it for another sort of like um like 10 seconds this thing is so close. You're almost sure it's been in there for a minute now, but it just needs a little bit longer. I need uh, Agnes, Clive, and Tarkle to all make athletics check individually. This thing is so heavy. Agnes and Clive, you're being dragged along the shore. Kind of, you feel your feet scraping into the bone like sand. Tarkle, your arm is going numb. Can I summon um, an earth spirit to help? Because I know that my strength isn't going to help. Absolutely, yeah. And then you can use the Earth, uh, Earth Spirit Strength uh, to give me an uh, athletics check. Cool. Hold that on. Let athletic. me find that real quick. Uh, I rolled oh, a 14. That's, that's so nice. Uh, 14 was that? Sorry, Tarkle? Mm-hmm. Okay. Clive? 26. 26. Uh, Agnes? 11. And then Earth Spirit? 18. Okay, that is enough. Uh, um, Tarkle and Agnes, you're really struggling with the weight of this now, but Clive and especially the Earth Spirit, which kind of anchors itself and grabs the rope in one big rocky hand, uh, between Clive and the Earth Spirit, they manage to hold you up long enough. Tarkle, you're kind of like balancing where your hand is nearly touching the darkness, but the lantern remains in. And then something breaks. Not as in a kind of like bad break, but the pressure, the weight of the lantern suddenly is lifted. And you almost rock your arm back, Tarkle, as the weight of it kind of causes your arm to spring back. The rest of you feel that weight all go on the thing. You end up pulling Tarkle, flying back onto the shore. And the pool just seems to recede and recede and recede until it is almost like a stone basin uh, left in this plunge pool. Um, just seems to dissipate completely. The thing that Tarkle is holding is 
I, the best way to describe it is like Vanta Black. It's like the lantern, the outline of the lantern, the kind of metal frame that it's being constructed with is now such a pure black that it absorbs any light around it. So it looks bizarre to look at, like it's completely been engulfed in darkness. Um, but just the frame of it, it still has these kind of windows and things like that. But yeah, this thing radiates extremely uh, heavily with this, like you know, this, this this darkness that has been absorbed, but it has been successfully absorbed completely. Yes, crown silver pride. Just, just, just. Agnes goes up and like pats like Tarkal on the back and squeezes his cheeks and takes <laughs> ties unties the rope. She's very proud. Yeah, it's definitely sore, a little uh, sore arm and, and uh, the brain's still reeling a little bit from the, the images and the pain and, and the kind of white noise. But yeah, you guys now find yourself in this fairly quiet, empty area. Uh, like, Tarkal will like, like, as like, you know, if, if uh, Agnes is going on and on, big sister stuff, uh, he'll eventually be like, we all did this together. This, we're, we should be proud. Azara will just kind of silently walk up to Tarkal and cure wounds at the first level. Mm. Um, oh, eight plus one. That's nine hit points. That's what I took. Um, and all she'll say is, um, I recommend that we leave this plane if that is applicable to what you all want. And we'll kind of stand further towards the back, like waiting to leave. Yeah, the directions the Raven Queen gave us said south of the campsite, right? We have to leave this plane, yes. The, of the ruins back in our world, correct. Let's do it. Okay. And Azara will just kind of silently take the lead and just start walking back towards the portal. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anything from anybody else? Otherwise, we will just have you guys follow the mountain trail leading back to... Uh, and it, it is a series of ruins. When you when you first arrived here, Castle Braywinter in the Mortal Plane is still pretty much an intact castle. It's still oh, it all is? the walls and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's that's the thing is when you arrive back at the point where you crossed over into the Shadowfell, that is where it is a ruin of its mm -hmm. former self. Like there's all the walls are crumbled. It's now just kind of like a few loose stones and broken walls and things like that around it. Um, you can see that there is more. Uh, less of a mountain trail um, and more a kind of sloped uh, kind of path that carves its way down to the uh, in, into what almost would be like hilllands or grasslands, but now they're just kind of this these dead wastes really of just kind of you know almost like dunes. Um, you can see there are more mountains and ominous things in in the distance. Uh, a few dead forests, uh, kind of large dead forest of broken trees and uh, stripped white birch um, off in the distance. Uh, there is the portal that you came through. There's still this kind of like rift um, in time and space. And that seems to lead back into the broken ballroom uh, in Castle Bray Winter itself. Um, um, knowing this then, that when they get to the portal, Azara will mm -hmm. turn and say... I see one of two options here. We can either go south and reconnect with the Raven Queen again, which we will need her help, as she so offered, or we can return to the mortal plane and attempt to contact my goddess. And then she'll look at Tarkal and she'll say, and if we go south, feel free to head back to the mortal realm and I can handle the Raven Queen myself. 
Um, I wouldn't want to make any of you bend your moral compass in order to complete this task. Um, I was I was pretty shooken up when the Raven Queen first showed up, but I, I thought she had said she wanted our help south. Well, something. her hour would mean that she would need something in return. And if you are not comfortable with that, I do not mind bearing the burden for the four of us. Seeing as you need to lead your kingdom and keep your moral compass firmly intact. Uh, Azara, do you want me to break my word? Do you want us to break our word to to that woman that we I, asked that, that we said we would help? I want us to protect Cormir. I do not see how we can't do both. That's why I'm giving you a choice. I think Tarko will like look at Agnes and like almost scratch his head. Mm. I'm relieving you of making a choice you do not want to make, young Crown Silver. I think we should go see the Raven Queen. If, if everyone else thinks that's the right thing to do. I, she made it sound like we could find the light there. That's definitely the impression. It was, it was kind of a... Because you it seemed that you didn't want to kind of take up on her deal. She basically said, well, you know, here's a freebie. Maybe you'll find something in the south but she mm -hmm. didn't say what and she didn't say anything she did say something about it might help her uh yes. if you go this way which but is what i was referencing yeah it yeah. might help her but whether it was a part of a deal or whether you have to give her something you're not you don't know you'll find out when you get there i guess yeah so I, i'll look at turkle when turkle scratching his head and i'll say the raven queen will never be all right with someone flouting the natural progression of death so if we go see her again we will only secure her wrath if we continue to aid and abet this person who is avoiding death there is a kind of like as you're having this conversation um they didn't seem to react much because um, you, you're assuming that the Raven Queen situation was a bit much, but there is a kind of like scrabbling in Azara's pack and you see the little head of uh, Gizit, the homunculus, is kind of like looking up and has got like a little piece of notebook. Uh, and it it just says, because uh, you can only really write in basic words. Um, it just says promise, but written, misspelled. <laughs> but it says promise. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it says on there. Is it... And I... to Agnes's point, once we bring back Lady Cecilia, the Raven Queen will find her. We are just delaying the inevitable. And how I do understand Gizit, and she kind of pats its head. We did make a promise. So if you would like to head back to the mortal realm and take our chances with gods, we, other gods, we can also do that. Again, I am only but your advisor. I bend to your will. The Raven Queen does know about Cecilia, and I think you're right, that whatever we do doesn't necessarily change Cecilia's fate, so perhaps we should talk to her. Talk to Cecilia? Mm-hmm. Because it just puts volunteer misspelled. <laughs> 
Agnes raises her hand. Go ahead. Because <laughs> <laughs> it rummages back in, pulls the gemstone and holds it up. Uh, and it, yeah, Agnes, you feel that same kind of presence press against your mind. Uh, do you resist? Nope. Okay, you feel this very similar sensation of your presence being pulled into something and something coming into your body. Uh, and you find yourself in that kind of same gemstone, this kind of purple gemstone prison, looking yeah. out on a, the conversation uh, of your own body with other people. Uh, the rest of you watch as like, Agnes blinks a few times and then looks around definitely more of a cautious eye towards azara um and perhaps a bit more of a sympathetic look towards tarkle those of you who've got a decent insight would pick up on uh and yeah the mannerisms change once again uh from agnes using her voice her body but different person uh thank you lady crown silver for she nods towards the gemstone allowing me an opportunity to speak and you i appreciate that, your right? hmm you could hear the whole conversation, right? From the from the crystal? I don't know how it works. I could hear most of it, yes. I Seeing is difficult whilst the gem is uh, in the pack itself, but I picked up on the nature of the conversation from Magister Azara's uh, responses. I would say this. The Raven Queen's concern with me, once I am in a living body... There is little she can do. Her concern is that my soul is currently mm, transient. If I can be restored through natural, through restoration magic, resurrection magic, I'm no different to any adventurer or any individual who has been brought back to life in similar means. I'm no lich. I am no ghoul or undead. I am currently a wayward soul. That is her concern. Be cautious. Gods, especially gods of dead realms, are we do they are not empathizing with you. They are they may sound like they are, but gods are powerful things. They are manifestations of ideas, of values. They don't always they don't have emotions, they don't have loyalties. They are what they are. They are beings of, of, of an ideal. The Raven Queen, of course, does not wish wayward souls to be transient in her realm. But if she is offering this deal, that makes me think that she is perhaps flexible in these means. If there is a way, as she hinted, that there is some way that we can obtain the moat without her help, what happens to me once my body is restored is not your concern. I will deal with the Raven Queen once that time comes is what I would say to you. I must admit, I am tempted, as we are so close to the rift, leading back to the mortal realm, where she cannot get me. But I trusted you, Lord Tarkle, and you did not let me down. Do you, you seem to know a decent amount about the Raven Queen, as does Azara. I clearly don't. A little. Uh, I am no student of the gods. Uh, I, she, I studied the Shadowfell. If she really cared that much about us having your soul in possession, would she not have she done have something taken about it. it then? She would have taken it, yes. So uh, my assumption is that she won't do anything to us regarding this if we go south now. 
it, it is hard to say, but I do believe that ultimately you are correct in your assumption in, in that if she was so offended by you carrying my soul uh, with you, she would have taken it and you would not have been able to stop her. The fact that she allowed you to continue. I fear that there is more at work here than the Raven Queen is letting on. I, I, as a woman who has been around many powerful individuals, I get the sense that we are already doing something that she wants. I do not believe that she wants Raedrin and Bray Winter to remain in the current state that they are. She could tell what the Dark Light was, what it is capable of. I don't think she wants that in her realm. I don't think she wants Raedrin to become a shadow dragon. I don't think she wants Bray Winter to be uh, a border into her world. I think that ultimately, if we complete our task here, we'll be doing her a favor no matter what. I think that ultimately she wants to make it think that she has some deal to be made, but we're already doing something, would be my assumption. That does make sense. It tracks. The only thing I will say is that if for some reason we go, if we go south and if for some reason she does want your soul, I cannot promise that I will die for it. That is fine. I, I would not expect you to. Uh, we have entered an, an agreement, which is uh, I have assisted you. I will assist you in reconstructing the dark light and uh, putting Radrin's form to its annihilation uh, to protect Cormir and to protect everything else. And uh, a small amount of uh, revenge is a difficult word, but perhaps closure on my part. But, and, and in return, you will assist in finding a way to restore my body to life and, and placing my soul back in there. Ultimately, if the Raven Queen sends an agent to snatch my soul up from its current prison or some such, there's very little I can do about it, and nor would I expect any of you to die for me. We barely know each other, of course. Uh, I ask only that you honor the agreement of our terms. That is all. I'll look at Azara and Clive and just go like, does this sound fair? This is on you, lads. I'm just here observing. It's not my deal to make. Now look to Azara. Same, pose the same question. Whatever you wish, Your Grace. She's so mad. Uh, oh, she seems miff, she does. <laughs> that happens. Um... Okay, yes, we will we will probably head to the Raven Queen because like you said, she needs you intact in order for us to do what she wants. That is Ultimately, my belief. She must know that you cannot complete the dark light without my assistance. And if she takes my soul away, I cannot help you accomplish this. I would also advise that we cannot finish the Dark Light here in the Shadowfell. Once we have the moat, we must take it back to my tower for it to be completed. Her powers in the mortal realm, she cannot directly interfere. She would need to send an agent through to do anything about it. That's good to know. I believe we will be all right. I think that she was trying to get a favor where one was beneficial to her gods can be like that so i see well uh thank you i'm glad you were able to 
voice your voice, I guess, your concern. But uh, you and we'll your sister are very, uh, very trusting. Uh, that is rare to come across amongst the nobility. Too many times is the no- our nobles concerned with what they can gain, what is best for them. It's very rare that individuals care for others. And I thank you for it. And with that, you watch as the lights go out. Agnes, you feel yourself whoosh, sucked back into your own body. Uh, bah! <laughs> as you kind of come to. Ah! Uh, <laughs> she has like a gah reaction every time, like heebie-jeebies. Yeah. It's like, yeah, being like sucked out of your body and then watching your body through like a like a, a glass prison, like mm-hmm. not able to like have anybody hear you. You can speak and think and everything else, but it's a very odd sensation. She kind of brushes herself off. She's like, see, then everyone's happy. We go see the Raven Queen. You don't break your word. Cecilia's happy. Azara, lead the way. Azara will just quietly start walking. Okay. Well, you guys will start making your way down this path. The Shadowfell is a very bleak landscape, but it doesn't take you that long. Traveling south, maybe for an hour, I would say. Um, Maybe an hour and a half. So Candle would fade away, unfortunately, uh, Agnes. Um, But you see in the distance... It's a very odd sight because the rest of the, the Shadowfell is this bleak landscape of dead, dying, gray color. There's no light. It's all just this kind of bleak gray. Any light or color is whatever you bring with you. But traveling south along this kind of uh, across these dunes and moving towards this uh, dead looking wood, for the first time, you see light. And it is blazing bright compared to the area around it. It's very small, very faint amount of it, but it makes a staggering difference in this world of shadows and darkness. And it appears to be uh, almost like a halo of light that seems to be floating over this forest of dead trees. Uh, And you you think you can see structures, like some sort of hastily built wooden town or wooden palisade wall maybe that's within the forest itself and the halo of light is hovering above it um and that is the destination as uh, as far as your eye can see that is the only thing of note um and it's certainly the only thing that holds any hope of finding some uh you know radiant piece of light to complete this lantern with Really quick, it was called the Moat of Light is what we're looking for? Uh, Moat of something of brilliant radiance, I believe I called it. Yes. We're talking Moat like M-O-T-E, not M-O-A-T. M-O-T-E, yes. Commonly found in celestial planes. Yes, yes. Normally by celestial creatures. Like normally like when angels appear or a unicorn does something, the holy light can, it leaves behind like these tiny beads of incredibly intense uh radiant light basically um image of a unicorn like coloring and that was the something it did and it holds up the picture and then the unit of light your brain is so pure (laughs) love it um and yeah 
and as far as you can see, yeah, this this strange looking halo of light and this wooden town hidden in this dead wood uh, seems to be the only thing that could remotely be connected to this. Uh, you could carry on traveling. There does seem to be, it's very odd. This whole place is like a mirror of the Cormier you know, but it's warped and twisted in some way. The wood, the dead wood that you're looking at is the King's wood that, you know, expands this huge part of Cormier. It's where, where Tarkle's from. You see a road. There's this road where it's made from these worn cobblestones. And here in the Shadowfell, it's all broken and pitted. And there are these kind of broken, dilapidated wagons. Um, I think you might even see a few dark hooded figures pulling broken wagons up and down this road. Um, but they're very solitary figures. They don't seem to be accompanied by anything. They don't seem to be traveling goods. Maybe you see some caskets and coffins in the wagons, um, but no trade goods for certain and no lively uh, you know, merchant wagon trains or anything like that. Just these hunched, sh uh, shrouded, robed figures carrying coffins and you know, caskets around with them. Uh, so you could carry on, or you can begin making your way towards these woods. What would you like to do? Uh, is I would just look at the party and see if we're like bleeding out right now. I know Clive got a lot of healing, <laughs> so I don't know if he's still bloodied or not. Uh, oh, where where'd my character sheet go? Pretty sure still bloodied. Okay. Hey, hold on. You could take a short rest. You could try and like find somewhere to to sit down for an hour and take a short rest that place over there does look pretty looming should we should we rest up first does anyone need a rest i uh i guess i still have my wildfire spirit right now but uh the wildfire we... spirit would have gone you've been traveling for like an hour and a half two hours or so then it's gone um i need a long rest to get that back right I oh no, know. short rest. I just need a short rest to get my wild shape back, so that would be good. Let's uh, find some cozy trees, I guess. Take okay. a nap. Take like a, and it's not even a nap, it's just yeah, like just sitting a... down for an hour and, you know, having some busting out water skins and, you know, sit, just taking five, basically. Um, you can probably find somewhere. Make a perception check for me, Tarkle, uh, seeing as you're kind of leading this call for rest. Let's see if you can find somewhere suitable to try and stay out of sight. Um, said... can... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, can the full elves take their four-hour trance for a short rest? No, oh, short rest no. is one hour. Long oh. rest, and even even on a long rest, this is a, a kind of confusing thing with D&D, &D. even mm. with a long rest... You still need to take the full eight hours. It's just you don't need to sleep for eight hours. So for a long rest for an elf is like you take four hours of trance and then you can have four hours of like being on watch or, you know, doing light activities. Um, but oh, a long rest is still eight hours. I thought we only hours. needed four hours. You only need four hours to, you, instead of sleeping, you just do a four hour meditation instead. So rather than, so it means that you've got like more opportunities to switch guards and gotcha. watch and stuff like that. But yeah. Oh, um, and what kind of check did you make? I rolled a 16. Perception. Perception plus 7. Oh, 23. 
23. Yeah, you can find, uh, you actually find a pretty good hidden spot that's off this long, broken cobblestone road. Uh, there's this rising, very ominous set of uh, rocks that seem to like stretch up almost like a pointing finger. Um, and actually at the base of that, there's like a little kind of like carved out section of it that you can all huddle under and it keeps, means that like people on the road won't be able to spot you. It will actually be quite hard to see you guys taking a, a short moment of rest here. Um, probably not good enough to, you know, fully camp and sleep at, but certainly enough to keep you out of sight for an hour. Because uh, there's always, the thing with the Shadowfell is like you guys look up and occasionally there are these very big black things that fly through the air. You look on the road and you see these creepy guys with their, their coffin wagons. Um, there are things here and you're not sure how friendly they are. All right, well, that looks like a good spot to rest. Cool. All right. Well, if everyone take a short rest, remember you can expend hit dice. Uh, so you can roll any number of hit dice. You get hit dice plus constitution modifier. You can do that as many times as you have hit dice to get hit points back. How many back. hit dice do I have? Uh, it'll be your level, so your total level. So you'll have some for sorcerer and then some for cleric, you'll have two different types. Uh, you'll have D8s for cleric, d you quick short for rest, it should show you like everything. Oh, really? Yes, I think oh, so. Oh, you're right. Beyond. Okay. Back I have... So... Are you healed up, Clive? Uh, yeah, I got almost everything back. How do I okay. use these? Oh. I've never used hit dice for short rest before. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Uh, it actually happens rarer than people think. It's so rare. Uh, so it's basically, I think when you click short rest, I, yes. I don't get to play that much. So I only know it from my end. I see how um, many hit die I have. So yeah, I can so use... you can spend as many of them as you want. Okay. Each one you roll, you add your con modifier to as well. Got um, it. Okay. And then you get that many hit points back. And then when gotcha. you take a long rest, you get half your hit dice back. Six. So, okay. Yeah. Seven. And then any abilities that come back on a short rest will also eight. come back. What's eight plus six real quick? Anybody? 14. 14. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, I'm gonna plus fourteen. I'm back to full. Okay, I didn't have to. I only used two of my hit dice. Okay, okay. so then I click take short rest and I click confirm, and then it's done. Okay, cool. Okay. Sorry, nice. everybody. I've been playing D and D for how many years and I've never done this. It's the, the types of games that I feel that you and I get into a lot. Short rests don't happen as often as long rests. I feel yeah. like in a lot of stream games, it's we're going to have five encounters and then we're going to take a long rest and then or like yeah. we're going to have one encounter and then we're going to take a long rest. Exactly. And, works. and then usually short rests are like nobody actually got hurt. We just want to so like you... take a chat and get back some stuff. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Not actually get hit points back. Exactly. Um, cool. All right. If everyone's done that, uh, just to kind of wrap things up uh, to kind of finish off the episode, you continue on making your way towards this uh, strange place in the woods with this halo of light is what i would uh, assuming from what tarkle said before you want to head towards this uh village town fort you're not quite sure what it is some sort of uh settlement with this strange halo of light above it and you can see that a lot of the shadowy creatures especially the ones that fly through the air avoid this place the the light seems to almost be hateful to them they they screech and turn away from it as they get closer um and it's bright but you can see it's it's dimming it, it you know it's not it's not this blazing light it's just that in an absence of light it stands out when you draw closer moving your way through these dark dead woods you notice 
once again, like all the rest of the show, Phil, there is very little noise, but you begin to hear something. You begin to hear muttered voices. You begin to hear mournful music. And as you draw closer, you notice that the structure you had seen before appears to be a great wooden wall uh, engraved with all sorts of angelic celestial symbols. The wood itself is this kind of bright wood birch, uh, and it creates this kind of very picturesque scene. You don't see any people. The gates are open. Looking inside you can see that there are small buildings, there are little shrines to these kind of angelic-looking figures that have been carved or golden statues that have been placed around. And the noises, the voices, the music all seems to be coming from these languid, uh, kind of depressed, slouching creatures, all of whom have pale blue skin, white feathery wings, uh, golden armor, but many of them just kind of lay on the ground looking maudlin or depressed. Uh, none of them seem to really react or care when you, you look in and through these open gates. Uh, and the whole place has an air of uh, defeat and weariness to it as you enter and that same pressure begins to kind of build around you the same pressure that you felt near the pool of shadow uh, you feel beginning to press down on your shoulders and as a point so i got some extra time to prep for next week that's where we're going to end things today because i need to i had a rough idea about this camp uh, I had like literally a bullet point about it as a, <laughs> if, if PCs want to go here, there, if PCs choose to explore more, there's this place. Um, but I need a bit more time to wrap it up. So wrap up the episode there, if that's cool with y'all. Yeah. Uh, cool. And yeah, you'll get to meet all the depressed angels next week. Uh, <laughs> yay. Man, listen, the Shadowfell is a drag, okay? The Shadowfell is not a fun place to be. Uh, I'm going to make it up to you. I promise you're going to get super fun, happy time when you get back to Evening Star, all right? Can you, can I promise. Can you bring a, you like bring a, a coloring book and a unicorn to Evening right. Star when we get back? <laughs> yes. In we'll fact, I'm, I can take you to a place where you can definitely get a, a unicorn with a coloring book after this. Yes. I feel like it's Wait. an evil unicorn with an evil coloring book. Like No. Uh, I feel you, are, you are putting me into a, a square hole. Uh, I'm putting Burton. you two into a Chris Perkins-sized hole. Yeah. That's not me. There's some serious Chris Perkins vibes of taking right? a beautiful horse and making it desiccated. Right? No, <laughs> you learn. You learn from the people that you look up to, right? And, and, and I admire case, Chris Perkins a lot. God damn it! Stop. Yeah. <laughs> find some new admiral ad people to admire, right? Mark. Go Come on, have lots of people else. I admire. I like listen. This is the current arc, and then next time you get an arc which is from other sources of inspiration, and I think you're gonna love it. You so, know, heavy inspiration. I'm down. I'm excited. Sure. Uh, and we'll get some more things to fight for, for Clive. Clive can do some fighties. Um, Hopefully after yeah. a long rest. <laughs> mm -hmm. I also like depressing places because it feels like, you know, like my childhood. Like it feels very, I'm listening to Simple Plan. I'm sitting in the corner of my room with my composition notebook. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
uh, some sort of emo band, you know, on your MP3 player or CD player, if you were mm. of my age, uh, or Walkman. Walkman? Fact, what I was are you talking Walkman. about? Yeah, we had these things, Mika, called tapes. No, I meant actually... like, I'm, no, I meant like Walkman, as in like, duh, it was a Walkman. Like, what are you talking about? We moved to do- don't. I'm not that young. <laughs> I'm not that young. I, I never had a See, Walkman. I, things, I had a Sony Walkman before iPods, Mika. Right? We had to record music onto records <laughs> and tapes. So Did you know that? I, hate you so much. <laughs> I had a Sony Walkman. I, 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 this is a complete tangent, but we were talking about this the other day. Did you guys ever have like a little portable CD player? And if you were in like a car or a bus, it would constantly skip because it would be bouncing up and down. But then if you got the anti-skip ones, it was like, it would maybe, oh yeah, that was fancy. Fancy, fancy. Kind of helped, but also did. Yeah, it would skip like maybe once or twice instead of like 50 times. Yeah. Uh, But does anybody remember hit clips? Because I was just going to bring up hit clips. (laughs) Thank you. If you I'm wanted 45 seconds of a really popular song on one item, <laughs> what? Slamming that hit. Yeah. Did you have hit clips? Mm-hmm. That missed the UK. It was probably I'm super American. It was like tiny little, like the chorus of popular, like of like hit me baby one more time. And you put it into this tiny little CD player and you pop it in and be normal oh size headphones. Gosh. It was so mm-hmm. stupid. That's so like, dumb. Didn't you like, like get them meal. in Happy Meals? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you would, yeah, they were on like, keychain clips. Yeah, they're like DS cartridge size. Yeah, yeah they're tiny. <laughs> so pointless. Oh. It was so stupid. It's Not so as pointless. So, so let's bring back those toothbrushes that they like send the music through your teeth bones yeah! and you hear it in your head. <laughs> those were before their time. They were, oh, sound. Bring them back. Bring them bring. back. Anyway, complete random thing. tangent. That just came to me while we were talking about <laughs> really quick. They did the same thing with lollipops, and it's yeah. like that. Yeah. Yes. Your teeth. I had the in sync one. I You're forgot like, about those. Literally grinding hard and sugar <laughs> on your mouth. That is so bizarre. That was amazing. What an era. Oh, oh. were they really called tooth tunes? Yes, that they were called tooth tunes. Oh tooth tunes. And they were a permutation of spin pops, weren't they? Yeah. Because you would get this candy that had a button mm-hmm. on it. So you put a lollipop in it and then you go, eh, and it would we just had spin those. against We your had tongue. the spin pops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had this those. one played music. Yeah. yeah. America. Yeah. I America. love it. I love America. it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we let's do some quick shout outs and then we will see you all next week. Uh, let's begin the shout outs with Ah. Sweet. Uh, normally, I would say watch Extra Brains on Friday, which is our brainstorming talk show where we discuss any topics, any questions, anything that you feel like you need a little extra brain power on. It's myself and DJ Wheat. Uh, I dare say it's a great show. I learn a lot. We have a really fun discussion. Um, and we are accepting submissions all the time. Specifically, we're also putting together a show on media literacy right now. Mm -hmm. So if you have questions or topics where you would like to discuss media literacy, we would welcome those specifically. If you're looking for the submission form, you can go to my chat and type exclamation point submit, or it's also on my Twitter very recently if you want to check that out. And the next Pawns and Patrons, which is our drop-in friendly roleplay show, will be on May 8th. So that's Dungeon Crawl Classics, multiple characters, low level, um, lots of hijinks. So that will be 10 to 2 on May 8th. And also, if you need D&D-related streetwear, please visit cantripbrand.com. Right, Nate? Yes. I tag you, if that wasn't oh. clear. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, cantripbrand.com. Hi, I'm Nate. Shady. <laughs> 
I would I would have I was expecting like some sort of Pokemon thing. Yeah, but what about going to NateTCG.com? Nate Nate's selling cards. I, Why am I, I plugging Nate? Thanks. Um, <laughs> I, I have cards, to say, too many cards. As a producer, the the level of video that you're putting out of these cards, like I watched it like three times, not even Thank knowing you. much about the cards, just like the lighting, the motion, the editing. Like also, like his Instagram stories have like professional captions for all of his cards. It's oh, a it, go follow Nate TCG stop. at Instagram.com. We're pimping you out now. Well, well thank you. I, I, For all your Pokemon card needs. Mm-hmm. Support it really small is, businesses. Uh, it really is pretty. I love it. Um, yeah. Speaking so of the Pokemans. That's my shout out. That's it. Go to go follow Nate on Instagram. I'm not really doing much no. right now. No. Well, you have been stream- You did your Nuzlocke today. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, but I was so tilted by my Nuzlocke. Wow. So I don't, I don't even know if I want to talk about it. So oh. forget it. I might well, be on Twitch wanna... tomorrow. I might be at a beach. I don't know. Just kidding. Katie. Can't go to a beach yet because I haven't gotten my vaccine. What Pokemon died? What got you so tilted? Let's not. Like, he's going to go off. <laughs> oh. My oh, Frisker no. died, so I can't hunt nuggets. Then my then my I, my Typhlosion died, and it had a broken ability. I just, I'm, no, I you're Typhlosion. I'm done. I'm done. I need to take no a break. Did you name him? Uh, it was named after a subscriber, so I killed a subscriber. <gasps> it's you awful. Got, you hate to see. But where that can sound, people go? Where, like, where can, can people, people go to watch these antics? Yeah. Exactly. Like go a to TV slash Shitty Penguin, I guess. But I'm not very happy over there. So come tomorrow and make me happy. Come tomorrow. Uh, I tag me and make him happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find all of the things that I do at Mika Burton on various uh sites. I also have a dog. Her name is Rini. You could follow her at Rini's Wild Shape. But the most important thing is that I horseback ride now constantly. It's now two times a week. It's going to be four times a week soon. I'm jumping soon. And you can follow those antics at Mika Strides. I rent a beautiful, warm blood. His name is Boo. And he is 17 hands, which means he is taller than I am. But his legs are the same length as mine, which doesn't make sense. Um, Because I have long legs and a very short torso. So his legs start where my legs start. (laughs) Um, and we are a beautiful pair together. And next week I'm going to a horse show in Temecula. So I'm not going to be competing because I'm not good enough yet, but my friends will be. So please check out that Instagram because I'm going to be posting pictures of my friends jumping and they jump like a meter 20, which is like, how many feet is that? Real tall, many's feet. It's It's amazing. It's a lot. (laughs) Horseback riding is a beautiful sport, and riders are athletes. Like my coach is this Swedish girl, and she has a six pack. She could kill me. She could crush me with her thighs. Um, Right. Okay. That's it. (laughs) Mark. Uh, for more D&D related things, uh, you can come and check out me. I stream my show, High Rollers, uh, which we've been doing for a very long time now. Uh, I'm very proud of the show. Uh, we are, I, I like to think that we're quite successful and we'd put on a really good show. That's on Sundays at 5 p.m. UK time, which I believe is about 9 a.m. Pacific. So what better than a Sunday morning? Get your coffee, get some something to eat, sit down and watch a bunch of British people play Dungeons and Dragons. Sounds Yay great British to me. Yay, British people. Yay, British people. Come watch us do that on Sundays, uh, 9 a.m. PST on twitch.tv forward slash high rollers D&D. You can also check out our YouTube channel. We also have the podcast. A lot of people, I always forget to mention these two things. If you want to catch up on everything, the podcast is, it's two episodes a week, uh, 90 minutes each. 
twice a week. Uh, that's the campaign. Or if you go on our YouTube, we've all started doing these recap episodes where one of the members of the cast, Rhiannon, we call her Re, does a recap uh, where she goes over everything that happened in the chapter. So it's a really good way of catching up and getting caught up on the story. They're all level 15 in the main campaign at the moment. And we are doing some MCU Avengers Assemble kind of stuff. So Wait, it's very Mark, exciting and very cool. Mark, very yes. important. Do you call them recaps? We do call them oh, recaps, yeah. R-H-I caps. That was the whole idea. Hey! In fact, the reason we hey! asked her to do it, we were like, but your name means re, re, you should do it. Should so, do it. And she's very Yay. funny. She's very wholesome. She's very sweet. And she does uh, very sort of uh, very funny editing. So you should come and check that out. But yeah, come and check out High Rollers. That's the big thing that I always want to plug. Please come check out that show. Uh, you know, I, I'm very proud of it and I would like more people to watch it. But we will see you for more Nights of Evening Star next week. Um, I'm going to prep up some new stuff. I hopefully won't be as tired next week as well. And we'll have a super fun show. Praise be. No no technical problems. So the curse is lifted. Huzzah. And now the dice curse has begun. Oh, Yay. Uh, Chat excise that. We're good. Bye. Bye. Bye.